Welcome to the Pop Cultist Podcast, a show where we rant about video games, movies, TV shows, and everything under the sun of pop culture. On today's episode, we're finally going to talk about anime. And which anime do you ask? We're going to be talking about a very, I guess, obscure anime. I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't know it, but I didn't know it either till I came across the opening intro and I found the visuals so nice and the music that went along with it it felt like this show has a lot of presence and when I finally decided to watch it it was pretty fucking amazing. I I I really did not expect to be so invested in it. So the show is about a a middle-aged man. Um actually he's past middle ages. He's like 58 years old. But he looks a lot older than he's supposed to be. He looks at least 70 or 80. And he kind of is uh he's not respected by society and his family doesn't give a shit about him. And the only person who cares about him is his Shiba Inu. Yes, I'm ruining all the names with my Gaijin accent and you're welcome for that. The character Inuyashiki he is um he's diagnosed with cancer and the nonchalant way that his doctor gives him that diagnosis was something clearly showing that this guy has horrible bedside manners so he gets the diagnosis of, of cancer tries to call his family nobody picks up the phone so he's left crying in the park with his dog when his dogs are amazing and he is one contemplating his life and realizing that he doesn't want to die and he wishes that he could live longer because the doctor said that he had 3 months to live and all of a sudden he sees a boy next to him in the same area and this flash comes through and these aliens kind of crash land into them destroying them like they're they're disintegrated the scene that we're we show next is these aliens like talking amongst each other deciding that they have to rebuild these guys because they don't want any traces left that they were even in on the planet because like because they didn't want to make contact with earth but then all the things that they had with them were things that they called weaponized units so one of the guy aliens was which we don't we don't get to see them but one of them was stating that uh the I, i these guys if they use the weaponized i mean the weaponized units that they have could end up even destroying the planet but they were like we don't care man we got to do what we got to do and bounce you know so inuyashiki wakes up in the park managing to still be alive feeling dehydrated and then he realizes that he is now having a cybernetic body he comes he tries to come to terms with the the body that he's having and everything like that and he starts questioning what he is but he's not left with that question for long because a bunch of young teenage little shits start attacking a homeless guy who is finally going to move in back with his wife but he does and he's being attacked by these kids who are aiming to kill him inuyashiki seeing that sight of these little shits just show, shooting uh firecrackers at this uh homeless man decides to try to do something and he tries charging in head first and fails miserably there till he's knocked out unconscious 
as soon as he is, he's uh, the cybernetic body, I guess, had like a fail safe where it went into autopilot mode and started attacking these kids um, with laser beams shot out from this back engine of his. And then the, I guess, AI took the facial recognitions of these kids, posted up everything that they did on the internet, hacked into every broadcast network, and showed who they were and what they were doing. Like, it gave the audience a bit of an idea of the capabilities of the body that Inuyashiki was given, the weaponized units from these aliens. Then, the next episode cuts to another character, the other, the boy who was also into the in the park. His name is Hiro Shishigami. He's a high school kid who doesn't care much about anything except for manga, and his uh, he loves spending time with his friend and just reading manga. But there's something off about the kid on the offset, right? Even though the they're showing him. Um, like they show him initially caring for his friend, trying to make sure that his friend goes to school. His friend Ando, who was being bullied by a bunch of his other classmates, and he was trying to stay away from school because of that. But Shishigami was trying to make sure that he went back to school. So Shishigami demonstrates his abilities to Ando. The newfounded abilities he got from his uh, from those uh, aliens, and he starts wreaking havoc. He starts uh, pretending that he's like a composer of Beethoven's symphony and starts causing cars to crash, and and not giving a crap about what's going on. Just he does it for fun. He hacks into ATMs, takes in money. He hacks into a TV stores, shows porn, and it kind of shows the the signs that he. He has. He doesn't really care about uh, uh, what happens to other people, and that frightens Ando because he can see the his ability. He sees his abilities, and now he's worried that Hero might hurt the people that are bullying him. So he decides to go to school, and lo and behold, Ando's fears come true, and Hero displays this ability of using like finger guns and saying "bang," and he could kill anyone no bullet no nothing it just straight up they're shot dead and he kills ando's bullies and this causes ando to decide to separate from hero and here it shows a bit of interesting contrast between the two characters the young and the old the the good and bad but the thing is that even though it does focus on the polarizing definitions they do they do enough to flesh out these characters that it's not just simply a battle between good and evil when you look at inuyashiki he is a person who has been pushed away by society but he still loves i mean he wants to do everything he can to help especially now with his newfounded abilities he hates the idea of somebody being hurt and his newfounded abilities give him like powers like superman so he can hear when somebody's in danger the one time he hears the screaming of a woman this woman was kidnapped by a yakuza boss who the first scene we're introduced to him is him forcing the underling to give him oral sex because he would move 
from his spot in the sauna. This Yakuza boss, I mean, is driving around town. He sees this girl that he likes. And the background we're given to this girl is that he works at a restaurant and her boyfriend proposed to her and they're going to get married and everything like that. He sees that girl and thinks that I have to have her. So he kidnaps her and drugs her. They show that this girl, when she comes to from the drugs, she tries to fight back and even slashes at his hand with a sword. This uh, this leads the Yakuza boss to, first of all, he's more attracted to uh, the girl because she, she fought back, unlike his other prey. He, he decides that he must have her. Even so, when he comes back chasing after her, the Yakuza boss finds out where she and her, uh, her fiancé live and goes after them. Then Inuyashiki comes and saves her, uh, tries to save her, gets knocked unconscious. Then the Yakuza boss runs away, goes into meetings with another Yakuza boss. And that's when uh, Inuyashiki comes in for the final confrontation, pissed as all hell because the idea of somebody doing such evil acts as rape and murder is so beyond him as a person that he can't understand it and it makes him angry that somebody can do that to another human being. So after being knocked out unconscious, his uh, autopilot defense mode comes back on and in the most fitting yet oddly cruel justice, he shoots all of the people there in the spine, making them tetraplegic uh, and in their eyes. So they're blind as well. And it was a poetic moment. And it kind of showed that the goodness in Inuyashiki, that's the kind of person he is. The idea of evil just can't be in him. Now, when you go into Hero's side story, it's a bit different. It shows him spinning around, playing a childish game, pointing at a house like it's playing uh, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. And he goes into the house, he confronts the woman there, and like... He shoots her, just shoots her, killing her, shoots her multiple times, goes into the bathroom where the uh, father is giving his son a bath and tells him that he killed his wife just to see his reaction. And the guy is torn to tears and he's like begging Hero to at least let his son live. And Hero sees these emotions and I think he, I don't know if he has disdain to the idea of it, but it does give him a rush in a sort of way. And he kills the father, and the father falls on top of the son, and the son is trying to claw his way out, and he causes the father to drown his own son. So while he's there, the daughter comes back home, sees what happened to the mother, and Hiro confronts her, and she is distraught after he tells her candidly that he killed her whole family. And she, she begins to cry and he tells her to stop or he'll kill her. And just asks her, do you, do you like manga? Even in her um, distraught state, she answers, yes, I do. I like One Piece. And that makes him very excited as if he's casually talking to a friend. And she can't help but not play along because her emotions are too high. And she tries to run away and he kills her. 
So during this whole time, Inuyashiki could hear everything that was going on. And he manages to find the place, but it's a bit too late. When he confronts a hero, hero shoots him and is confused that how did he survive that? Keeps doing it till Inuyashiki falls unconscious. And then he sees hero fly off. Whatever a hero can do, Inuyashiki could do the same because they were made from the same parts. He doesn't get the, the full extent of his abilities till he meets a hero's friend, Ando. Because, and Ando figured it out that if Hiro is the one doing the killings, there must be somebody who's, who's saving people. He saw the news of the, the Yakuza boss and in the most underwhelming meeting ever, all he does is scream help, help in his house and Inuyashiki comes in and he figured that out in like five minutes. Something that Hiro never could, he, Hiro didn't even consider the idea that this guy could be the same as soon as he saw this guy surviving the attack and you know it just it made it made a interesting character decision because it shows that hero was not some evil genius like most anime antagonists are shown he's just a kid with possible anti-social personality disorder who got this power and mixed in with his youthful naivete it just led to that. And while Inuyashiki is an endearing character, I think the part of the show that I was more interested in was Hiro and how he was going about because he cared a lot about the people close to him. His mother, his friend, even his, uh, his father and his extended family, he still cared about them. And Hiro actually decides to give up his killing ways after speaking with his mother who said that if my son were like that, I would kill myself. Because Hiro cared so much for his mother, he decides that I'm going to stop killing. But that's where that youthful naivete was shown. Because he, he did that. He had already killed multiple people like each week. He can't take that back just because he finally decides that, no, I'm going to do that. And that was what happened. The police finally figured out who did it. And the morning after he makes that resolution, they come in and they come in for the arrest. And Hero is forced to escape. This leads a bunch of 2chan trolls to actually dox Hero and his family, which leads to his mother killing herself. And this leads to one of the best montages I have ever seen. Hero goes ape shit on these two Chan trolls, all the neck beards, and kills them all. Kills every single person in that forum. They didn't believe it at first, but then Slowly, as more and more dropped dead, they started to become more afraid. This, this showed an interesting ability of Hero where he, he doesn't even have to be in the physical presence of somebody to kill them. He can kill them from their phone, from their laptop, from any screen. Hero meets a, who was a classmate of his who clearly had a crush on him because he's portrayed to be a very handsome guy. 
He tries to kill her. He flies off with her and says that I can kill you at any time. I just can drop you right now. And her thought was that I don't want to be away from you. Like she wasn't thinking about herself. And this was very, it was very odd to him. So he started to develop feelings for this girl. And this girl tried to get him to change his ways. And instead of hurting people, to start healing people. So they went around healing the cancer patients and all that. Abilities that the same time Inuyashiki was doing as well. But Inuyashiki was torn because he was sad that he could only cure one cancer patient at a time. And he wished he could kill more people. Going back to Hiro's story, Hiro was trying to save all these people. Like, he was doing it through social media and a lot of desperate people came up to him and they were all getting healed. It seemed that Hiro is actually turning uh, for the better. This is how the character seems very interesting. And, you know, a lot of people might say, oh, it's a cop out. Oh, he, why would he do that? And blah, blah, blah. But it sticks to his character. Hiro doesn't care about people outside of his immediate circles. He has a misanthropic view towards people and doesn't care about whether they live or die. But if they're his friend or if they're his family or if it's somebody he really cares about, he shows a lot of emotion. That meant a lot to her and clearly whatever meant a lot to her meant a lot to him. So his decision to heal wasn't completely altruistic or from a grand point of view, but just to make one person happy, not all those people happy. If they got happy, that was just a, co a coincidence. All seems well, but not for long because you know you can't run away from what you've done the police they storm Xion's house and Xion and her grandmother are shot during this confrontation and Hiro flies off with their corpses after fight with the police and he realizes that they can't be safe around him and he can't be with them and that breaks him that hurts him a lot because he really cares about these people and he heals them and he flies off and after witnessing their death at the hands of the police just made him go back to his murderous ways so he leads an attack onto the police precinct kills every single one of them and then he begins his attack on japan and says that i'm going to kill so and so many people each day for the next few days and the first day is a massacre of a hundred over people in the busy streets of Shibuya. Which, if anyone knows about Tokyo, is usually packed with a lot of people. So, at the same time, Inuyashiki is trying to get the full extent of his abilities through the help of Ando. This is where contrast between the old and the young was definitely there. Because Hiro immediately took to the technology like a duck to water and it took Inuyashiki singing along to the Astro Boy theme song to even be able to fly. It was pretty interesting that Inuyashiki had to figure out how to use a thing like an old person would. I'm pretty sure that was purposeful and it created a sense of drama that was definitely there that if they're equal they should be able to fight at any time but it wasn't the truth because as a person and his psychology was different towards technology compared to Hero. So he couldn't get the grasp of using his abilities right away. 
So Inuyashiki and Hiro have their fight. Hiro starts deciding to drop all the planes that were flying out of Tokyo back into Tokyo. And he takes out, I think at that moment when Inuyashiki comes to stop him, Hiro finally realizes that he's actually the villain of the story. He never considered that he was the bad guy or he was in the wrong, which is definitely a part of a compelling villain because in a villain's eyes, they're never evil. They have their final confrontation. Inuyashiki rips off Hiro's arms, kind of uh, neutralizing him. Inuyashiki saves his daughter from a burning building. His relationship with his family gets better. He's still questioning his humanity, but his family says, that, no, you're the person that we always knew, blah, blah, blah. But Hiro was a bit different. Hiro wanted to... He wanted to go back to the way things were, even after all that, after the genocide, after the terrorist attack, after anything. He thought that he could go back to the way things were. And he goes to Ando and tries to read manga one more time. And Ando is terrified. And he calls for Inuyashiki to help him. By the time Inuyashiki gets there, Hiro is gone. And a few episodes in, I mean, like towards the end, there's like, like in the side stories, there'd be like news of a, I mean, an astrological event happening of a meteor coming towards Earth. And the final episode has the best cameo ever with Donald Trump telling people that he lived a long life. The Americans couldn't stop it. The rest of the losers in the world have to figure out what to do. And he's out. And Inuyashiki realizes that he has to stop the meteor. So he flies off into space. Before that, he says goodbye to his family. And his family, they're hoping that it isn't a goodbye. But they could tell that, yeah... He, this is the end. This is, they're probably not going to see him again. So did Ando. He calls Ando when he flies off into space. And Ando realizes that when Inuyashiki could not take it out with conventional weapons, he's probably thinking of something drastic. Well, Inuyashiki meets Hiro on that meteor. And Hiro says that I'm only here because I have people that I care about. He doesn't give a shit about the world, but he doesn't want the people that he cares about to die. He doesn't want Shion to die. He doesn't want Ando to die. He doesn't want his possibly his father to die. So he tells Inuyashiki about a self-destruct mechanism that he has. I mean, that they both have by pushing their eyes in. So Hiro blows up and destroys a huge chunk of the asteroid, but not all of it. And it's still hurtling towards Earth. And Inuyashiki does the calculation and realizes that his weapons can't stop it at all. So he has to do the same thing. He says goodbye to Hondo one last time. And he blows himself up. And he destroys a meteor. And this is a bitter, very bittersweet ending. And from what I've heard, it's very different from the live-action movie, which has has Inuyashiki go back to his family, heralded as a hero by the public, and Hiro disappears to a life of solitude. But I believe that this ending was very suited towards the tone of the show. The tone of the show always had a very bittersweet feeling towards it, that 
even with all that darkness and anger and there's always hope if you're willing to fight for it. That was very much personified with somebody like Shishigami who was a, like a god taking people out left, right and center. But as long as there's somebody who can fight him, there's always hope. There was hope for that that couple that he saved. There was hope for the homeless man, even though they felt like they were in the worst situation ever. I mean, happily ever afters are nice, especially when you grow attached to a character. But I think bittersweet endings have more of an impact on us and makes us think more about life. And this is one of the beauties I have with the anime genre in the sense that they they can go to places that live action television doesn't usually go, nor video games or a lot of movies. And it's always about the presentation. Like, the visuals of the show were fucking amazing. It makes this 2D and 3D style, like, for whenever Hiro or Inuyashiki were using their cybernetic bodies, they'd go into this 3D-esque, I guess, 2.5D visuals, and it gave this kind of organic feeling to their... ironically organic feeling towards their cybernetic advancements. When I think about the show, it made me think a lot about things like what makes a good character and what makes, more importantly, what makes a good villain? What makes a compelling villain? And a compelling villain is somebody you don't always have to relate to. There's more to them than just wanting to do bad. And this is where you see with Hero is that it makes you wonder that if he had not gotten that ability, would he be murdering people? Because he didn't care about human life, but then a lot of people say that those uh, 2chan trolls didn't care about that but when he got that ability could that have been the thing that pushed him to the edge when he realized that maybe I am a god because Inuyashiki had a god complex as well whereas Hiro was destroying things Inuyashiki was building them creating them saving them going against the natural order I guess that's where the argument about power can come into that what would you do like, if you had godlike powers, what would you do? Would you do it for selfish gain? Would you just keep going to ATMs, hacking them, and just hiding? Or would you go and murder everyone that you didn't like? Would you go and help all the people in the world? Any good piece of art makes us think way after we've experienced the art. And I felt that way with Inuyashiki. I, I found it an enjoyable show. And... I believe that the length of the 12-ish episodes was perfect for it. It told its story and got out. And, I mean, it wasn't like 600 episodes, like One Piece or something like that. I really enjoyed the show, and it made me think a lot about, you know, polarization of characters and the mirroring of the hero and the villain, how they can have so many things in common, but enough to separate them to create that conflict well that has been our show thank you so much and this has been the pop cultist podcast i have been your host amin and i hope that you listen to the next one